0: Cool. I want to continue our series uh, and actually finish it today the problem with this is the final one because um, I'm ready to move on are you ready to move on has it been helpful Yes, Great. has it been helpful it has been um, and I've tried to be a little bit you know just I, I've tried to play on words a bit I've tried to make it a little bit intriguing, a little bit even controversial in one sense. I've been trying to to maybe challenge paradigms that we often... Uh, we we develop and we don't challenge. We just sort of assume that this is is the way to look at things. So I've tried to sort of challenge some of that as a way of removing stumbling blocks to both us engaging God and our relationship with Him, and also our you know being effective as believers in the world, being the kind of people that that God wants us to be. So I hope it's been helpful like that. I've actually been coming to church. Uh, going to church for 35 years. For some of you, that's not long at all, is it, Preston? It's like, you're just a pup. You've hardly even been to church. That's what he would say. But, but for me, 35 years, uh, I've been coming to church. I met Jesus when I was 21. And uh, uh, next week, I turn 56. Don't I look incredibly young for 56? Yeah, I do. Uh, that's, that's because the Holy Spirit and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I got, came to Jesus at 21 and thankfully didn't just meet Jesus, but I met his people. Wow. Because I've known a lot of people that, you know, they make a decision to follow Christ. and It's very authentic. It's very genuine. But often if they don't then connect with the community of faith, uh, you, you know, they disappear. They, they fall off the wagon, so to speak. And, uh, and that's really sad. So I praise God that I got into the community that we call the church. And, and I wonder what your experience has been. How long have you been going to church? You know, because the funny thing is, we tend to quantify our spiritual experience that way a bit. And we say things like, um, well, I'm going to church You're going to come to church with me tomorrow? Husbands and wives have the... Will we go to church tomorrow? Come on, who's ever had that conversation, husbands and wives? Will we be going to church tomorrow, darling? Or can I mow the lawn? Or whatever it is, you know. But we tend to quantify our spiritual experience a little bit by going to church. And I actually think that's a problem. So I want to speak to us today about the problem with going to church which you would probably say to me, as a pastor, Chris, that's a really dumb thing to talk about. You know, you're know, you meant to encourage people. But, but I want to actually look at the, the, the mindset, the mentality that can develop around it when we say things like we are going to church. Now, in all of this series, I've not wanted to, wanted to make the phrases that we often use. I haven't wanted to make them like swear jar material. OK, so it's not like you can't say that. I'm just trying to challenge some of the thinking under it. Uh, in John chapter 15, verse five, Jesus said, "I'm the vine. you are the branches, and he who abides in me, and I in him, or I in you, you will bear much fruit." And here's Jesus, the master of the metaphor, painting a picture. Of, of the church, what the church would be. And I've got a photo here of a, uh, a grapevine. Look at that. Doesn't that look beautiful? And I selected that photo. It's just one vine. But that is sort of the metaphor Jesus is, is talking about. And what you'll see there is the main trunk, the vine itself. And Jesus is saying, I'm like that root of life. And if you stay in that... You end up with grapes, baby. You'll bear fruit that honors God. But the interesting thing is, we can read that, and we often do, as so individualistic. If I stay in him, then I will bear fruit. And as much as that's true, that's not the original context. Jesus said, you are the branches. And that's very, very, uh, very much reflective of his Hebrew heritage. And his Jewish thinking, because they never saw their relationship with God as an individual thing. They always saw it as a national thing. Their faith was always a collective expression. And Jesus is saying the same. And and sometimes we are in danger of making it a personal, individual thing. Yes, I know if there was only one sheep that went astray, Jesus would come after you. That's how we know Jesus doesn't just love a collective. He loves me. But whenever the Bible talks about the church and God's people, it's not talking about individuals. It's talking about us. Uh, And the the actual word for church reflects this. The ancient Greek word, original language of the New Testament, ecclesia is the word for church and it means the called out ones. Called out. So the whole thought is people who are called from one situation and scenario into another. Other places in the New Testament, of course, it tells us that we're called out of darkness into light. Out of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. There's a whole heap of phrases that reflect what Ecclesia means, what church means. So here's some of the problems when we develop a mindset of we go to church. If I can go to church, I can leave church too. And people do. Some permanently, some temporarily. So the permanent leaving of the church, we probably all know someone who was once in church with us, who, who no longer either attends church or maybe even follows Jesus. See, if it's somewhere you can go, it's somewhere you can leave. But what might be even more pertinent to us, and look, honestly, people do that for a lot of reasons. Sometimes their own poor decisions get them in a bad place and they just, they lose faith. Sometimes on a scale, they've been really hurt and genuinely hurt from just relational difficulties and silly things said right through to things that should just never happen to anyone. And I really feel for people who've had that experience. And and I pray that somewhere down the track, they'll find a place of healing. But I think what's more, more relevant to us is maybe temporarily. How do you temporarily leave the church? Well, Jesus said you'll be the light of the world. And he wasn't talking about him. He was talking about us. You will be the light of the world, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do it without a yellow shirt too, Tim. Your blue shirt will do fine. But there's also a huge responsibility in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you take that seriously, it's daunting. What, the light of the world? I mean, I'm meant to light, be the light of the world? And if we're honest, at times we're tempted to turn the light off. Mm. When we're with certain people, True. certain social situations we find ourselves in, yeah. maybe family situations that might not be so understanding, we are tempted... To turn our light off just for a little while and fly under the radar. Come on, don't. I don't want hands in the air, but don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, and therefore, the light of the world all of a sudden becomes a blinking, intermittent light, rather than a twenty-four-seven light. And we temporarily, quote unquote, leave the church because if you can go to church, you can leave it. We temporarily do that, and. Uh, and we miss what church actually is. Yeah. See, church isn't somewhere you go, it's a state of being. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yet, this can allow dualism into our life. If we think church is somewhere where we can go, we, be, we can become dualistic. Our light is, we're one person in the light. We're another person in the dark. We're one person at church. We're another person in the marketplace. Dualism simply means the state of being divided. And we can find ourselves on for God, off for God, on for God, off for God. But the church isn't a place you go. It's a state of being. So there's a problem when you say, I'm going to church because it can develop a mindset of I can duck in and duck out whereas actually we are the church. If you have faith, you are the church 24-7 whether you act like it or not. What's another thought? Another thought is um, I can be tempted to look for life rather than be life. Be alive. See, if church is somewhere you go... You are tempted to look for someone or something, an event, a moment to make your spiritual life what you know it should be. And then if someone can't produce that, a particular gathering of people or a particular speaker or a particular whatever, an event, if it can't produce that, then we can be tempted to blame things outside of our own spiritual journey for our spiritual experience yeah. well it's their fault that I'm not where I know I should be in God and yet that is so contrary to how Jesus spoke about the life and the work of the spirit in us Jesus said "You know, when, when you're talking about the kingdom of God the reign and rule of God don't let anyone say to you go there or it's over here Go there and you'll get it," Jesus said. "No, no, the kingdom of God is within you, and if church is a place that you can go, you know you're tempted to go there for the things that God actually wants to personally develop in you. You have to take responsibility for your own spiritual life and your own spiritual journey. And I can tell you, you know, as an example, in this COVID season or through it, some people some people actually fall off the wagon and cease church attendance altogether because they're thinking, I go to church. And if you're thinking, I go to church, you will ask the wrong questions. You'll ask questions like, what does church do for me? When the right question is, what can I do for God? See, church is not a resource for us. We are God's resource for the world. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Jesus said, freely you've received. Freely give. You are salt and light. So if we see church as somewhere to go, then we're tempted to rate it, judge it on what it does for us. Rather than how can we participate in being God's healing hand to our world? Here's another thought real quick. Thank you. Someone's amening over there and it's really encouraging me. Um, The last thought is, (laughs) the problem with going to church is when I go to church, I've got to engage people and act Christ-like. Act like christ (laughs) Which is a really good thing. You know, that's a good thing. Uh, But it can be problematic for us, can't it? Mm. You know, like in the world, in the the sense of in our secular society, if someone rubs you the wrong way, you can disassociate. Yeah. And, and actually, that could be the healthiest thing to do. If, if someone's got a really toxic attitude or toxic behaviour, etc., then disassociation is probably a really... That's a good response. The only problem is there's an old saying, and I think it's got, there's always truth in these old sayings, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And of course, we are the household of God. We are God's kids. We are, this is the household of faith. And we're actually called to something higher. Now, A caveat on this is definitely, you know, you don't need to endure toxic behaviour or whatever. I'm not saying expose yourself to abuse, but what I am saying is you just can't simply walk away because it doesn't suit you when God's calling us to develop Christ-like character, to actually exercise forgiveness the way that he forgave us, to love people, to serve people, to give of ourselves on behalf of others. And if we don't do that, if we see church as somewhere that we just go, <laughs> yeah. then uh, we can just decide not to go. Yeah. If we just see it as somewhere I go to get a fix, then we don't take responsibility for what's the ins- on the inside of us. And, and you know, if, if we go to church and we have to engage people. And engage real life scenarios and even some difficult ones, then what that becomes is literally the context that we can work our salvation out, as the scripture says, with fear and trembling. Working out what is this thing that God is doing in our heart? What is this thing He's doing in me as He repairs me, restores me, brings me back to life? Um, We have to engage. A context for that. See, I can say I love people because God loves me. I'm a very loving person. It's really easy to say that until someone does me wrong. It's easy to love people that love you. Jesus said, "You you know, I'm not talking about love your friends. That's a given. I'm saying love your enemies." Whoa. So church community becomes the anvil by which God can hammer our faith out and we can hammer our faith out and work it out in our life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All reasons why saying I'm just going to church can be a problem because uh, uh, you know we're, we're not meant to be going to church. We're meant to be the church. Yeah. Church is a state of being. Can I ask us some questions just as I yeah. close? You've been so good to preach to. It's amazing when there's just a few people saying, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, stick it to him. That's the guy in the next row you're talking about. When people do that, it's so encouraging. But I want to ask us some questions really quickly and then we'll, we'll pray together. And I want to ask these questions as a collective. You know, often I ask questions in the message and it's... it's Applying to us as individuals, and every one of us has to work our salvation out. But can I ask us as a collective today? Do we go to church or focus on being the church wherever we are? Are we looking for life or living out of a revelation? That we've found it. <laughs> There's a huge difference between the two. Actually, living the overflow life. Psalm 23 My cup runs over. Living out of the revelation that we have rather than always just looking. For the next one outside of ourselves for that missing piece for someone else to complete us, for someone else to heal us. For someone, no, 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 the kingdom is within you, and kingdom is where a king reigns. And as you allow Jesus to reign, I guarantee he will bring the missing pieces back together and it'll come out of you abiding in the vine. And often it comes as we abide with the other branches. There's healing in the leaves of the tree, Revelation says. Last question is, when relationships become strained, do we isolate from the other branches or exercise love, grace and forgiveness and actually practice Christ-likeness, being like Jesus? Now, one of the uh, early uh, early church thinker put it this way and it, and it ends up in a prayer. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi and his extended prayer and it's it's something like this Do I seek to understand or to be understood? And, and, and our ability to exercise Christ-likeness, so I think a lot of it comes back to that. When it comes to fixing things, healing things, getting on with people that are different to us. Do I seek to understand or am I so busy wanting to be understood that I can't hear another point of view? I invalidate anything that's different to me, generally because I'm fearful of it. Hey, let's stand together and... uh, I'd like to pray for us. And look, if that word is spoken to your heart in any area where you're just like, oh, Jesus, I need to get back to that. That's what I had a sense when I prepared it. That, you know, there'd be a few hearts that are just like, oh man, I need, that's, that's it. That's where I'm, things have gone cold or things have gone dry. I need to get back to that. So I'm gonna pray for us. And why don't you reach out to heaven if you wanna respond to God this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the church, the collective the called out ones that we are and we are a part of right across the world. Thank you for your amazing plan to bring healing to the nations through your people, through people who themselves are in a process of being healed, being transformed, being saved. And so Father, we give ourselves to you and we, we pray that we would be part of your plan, part of your purpose that you would free us from mindsets that limit our understanding of what it is to engage you and to engage your creation. In Jesus' wonderful name. And just while we're in this moment of prayer, maybe you're here with us this morning and you'd say, like, church hasn't been my thing. And as a matter of fact, you might feel... Like, because it hasn't been my thing going to church, therefore, you know, me and God don't meet. There's no intersection in my life. And can I just encourage you? I hope that message has cleared something up. God can meet you right where you're at. You don't have to go to church. You might just find yourself here today. It might not be the normal thing. But just because you don't, quote, unquote, go to church, doesn't mean God doesn't love you and that God can't meet you right where you are. So if you're here this morning and you'd say to me, Pastor Chris, I, I would like to take a step towards God. In my journey, I'm, I'm ready to open my heart to what God's got for me. And I'd encourage you, friend, open your heart to Jesus Christ this morning. So just right where you are, right where you are, you might want to put a hand in the air, reach out to God just as people have already done. But just reach out to God for yourself. And that's a step of faith, just saying, God, you see me and I open my heart to to you. You could use words like, Jesus, come into my life. Bring your forgiveness, bring your love and help me to go forward. Show me the way forward. Use the simplest of words. Jesus wants to respond to that and meet you there. Right where you are, Father, just meet people that are doing that right now. I pray in Jesus' name. stand again and i'm going to ask rob to come why don't we thank pastor chris this morning